0: Welcome to the
1: Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Furtynski. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Although I sound excited in my voice because I always do, believe me, I am not. And Corbin, just across from me over here, Corbin Bryant is not happy either. We're joined by my brother, Kyle. He is not pleased either. We have a lot to break down today. Let's start with the Buffalo Bills offense because they were non-existent. Let's start with Corbin. And then after Corbin, let's go to Kyle. Let's get your guys' opinions on what the heck is going on with this offense?
2: Hey, what, what, what I have been hearing last night and into this morning is people talking about the defense, right? And we'll get to that. And people talk about the defense there, getting, getting smashed in the run game. All that we'll get, we'll get into all that. But this game was on the offense. I'm sorry. You go, you, you get, we win the field position battle. Right? Like we talked about in last week's episode, the key to victory. We win the field position battle. We get into the red zone four times and score once. I mean, we have so many opportunities to score, and we can't figure out a way to score. And granted, you know, that one field goal that we missed, it was def- weather definitely was a factor. But like I say all the time, you can't win games in this league kicking field goals. You can't do it especially against a Bill Belichick-led team who's a guy that's a mastermind, and all he did to us last night was keep everybody in front. Like I said last week, they'll let let you chip it down. They'll let you get five yards. They'll let you get a a little 10-yard run here and there. They don't care. They're the best team in the red zone. You can't score on them in the red zone. That is their DNA, and that's been their DNA for years with Bill Belichick teams. If I, I, I obviously do not have the film from last week's practice, but I would just hope that they would, uh, going forward, they would just work on more red zone, just red zone preparation, because we can get down there, but we can't get it in. Just imagine if we could have capitalized on at least two of those red zone, red zone opportunities, we'd be winning the game. Like, no team, and I don't care what the Patriots did, their their game plan, it it was masterful. Just smash the ball into the line, and we just know we're going to stop the Bills. We we know we're going to stop. Like, no team just goes out and does that and has the confidence against a, quote-unquote, explosive offense like the Bills say they have. The Bills don't have a run game, and we continue to hamper on that. And you know what? I told myself today that I'm not talking about the run game because we can't have it because we're at the point now where we just need some new players. That's where we're at right now. The offensive line is atrocious. They can't block, they come out with a little bit of intensity and we come out with extra old linemen just like I've talked about in the previous weeks. And we try to establish the run, we try to be a tough guy team, but we just, we can't do it. it. And it pulls us away from it. It gets us into the same old thing, throwing the ball, down the field, putting the ball in Josh Allen's hands. We know he's a great player, but he can't do it on his own, guys. We can't, he can't do it on his own. We, we have to We have to find a way to run the ball, and it just seems like that is just never going to happen. So I don't know what the Bills do from here on the offensive side of the ball. Kyle, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, so I, I, I completely agree, Corbin, that this game is on the offense. I mean, you know, and Jake and I watched the game together, and you know, we said if the defense holds, holds the Pats, you know, to, to 14, like there's no way you take this game last year. There's no way the Bills score, you know, less than 14 points. So I, I completely agree on the offense. A couple a couple things I would mention is, you know, a lot of this game, in my opinion, has to do with a brutal offseason, both from, from a draft perspective and from a free agency perspective. And I think we looked at the bills last year and said there were question marks on the offensive line. Although things seemed to fall into place, Daryl Williams looked really good, Deion Dawkins looked really good, Feliciano looked good, Morse looked pretty good. Like things just seemed to click. But we didn't we didn't really deal with that, aside from Spencer Brown. Um, and and clearly that's you know probably the weakest spot by far on on the um, on the offensive line, and that obviously you know ties into the running game which is which is abysmal and one comment that as i was listening to the episode a couple weeks ago between yourself and and carlos williams talking about we need to establish the run we need to force them to, to cover the run the 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 argument from this game is that new england didn't have to establish a passing game to get to get the running game going meaning that They just said, we're going to run the ball. We got a better O-line than you have a D-line, which is a whole separate issue. And we're just going to run it down your throats and try and stop us. I think from the Bills' perspective, the the lack of off-season moves to address the abysmal running game, both from an O-line perspective and from a running back perspective, has basically led me at least to feel that if we want to win games and maybe sneak into the playoffs, we have to completely abandon the running game because it's just not working like there was one run last night by Singletary where he ran for 15 yards other than that I mean Singletary and Moss never really get more than two or three yards on a carry and as much as I totally agree that in the long run to have a great offense you need to have a run game that's established I think at this point with the with the O-line and the running backs I don't think it's possible and I think we need to really focus on the running game in the off season, but for the rest of the season to try to salvage whatever we have left. Just like New England said last night, we're just going to run the ball every time you try and stop us. I say the Bills do the same thing and say, I'm going to give Josh Allen the ball, put, put four or five wideouts, maybe even a sixth offensive lineman or, you know, having Knox block, like you've mentioned before, Corbin, and we're just going to throw the damn ball on every play and you're going to try and stop us. That's my feeling. And I think after losing to Jacksonville, after getting hammered by Indianapolis, after getting embarrassed by New England, I think it's time to think outside the box, meaning that, you know, if I see another run from Singletary or Moss up the middle for two yards, especially in the red zone, like I'm gonna turn off the TV. Cause I I think like it's time to just, you know, really put put Allen and put that, you know, run and gun. Offense that that high flying exciting offense we saw last year put it to the test and if we lose on Allen throwing deep to Diggs and throwing to the slot to Beasley and throwing to Emmanuel Sanders and throwing to Gabe Davis on the sideline I'm fine but if we lose with single terrier Moss running up the middle I I, I just can't stomach it anymore.
2: But Kyle I I'll, I'll say that. I, I like I like what you're saying but the model of throwing the ball every play is just not. It's just not sustainable. Even if we threw the ball 90% of the time, you are, you are you just praying for your quarterback to be destroyed. You know, the way the guys are, are, blitz, teams are blitzing Josh Allen, the way they're hitting him, the way he's running and the, and the way he's taking hits, it's, it's just not sustainable for a quarterback to have a long career. And obviously this is this guy's a unicorn, but the reason why Brady has played 20 plus years is because nobody ever hits him. Nobody does. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Nobody ever hits the guy. But if we put the ball in his hands and don't have like any any type of thing to do other than to pass the ball, we're gonna put Josh Allen at risk, and that's our and that's our future. But I mean, I hear what I hear what you're saying. We need to to do something different. But I mean, it, we can't just go to all right. We're just gonna go to, go back to the go to the K gun and just start just throwing it around the field and just, and hope we win that way. It's just, it's not sustainable. I,
1: I think-
0: I, and, and, and I agree, sorry, Jake, one thing, I'll just respond. Like, I, I agree, Corbin, and, and I'm not saying that like, this is the model I would like to do over the next 10 years. But I, I think we've seen more than enough these past two years, that with Singletary and Moss in the backfield, I'm not even gonna talk about Breida, because um, I, I think, You know uh, he's he fumbles the ball he's not secure and he really hasn't done too much to impress me but i I just think for the rest of the year i don't think you have an option to run the ball anymore like i I just don't think it's there and i agree in the off season that to me is priority number one is addressing addressing the running game because you can't continue and you can't support josh allen but i just mean to try and salvage what's less of what's left of the season I just can't watch them try to run it up the middle anymore with single or Moss. Like if those guys never play another game for the bills, uh, I'll be happy.
1: It's interesting that we're, we're talking right now about the bills and their lack of physicality. Cause that's what I'm getting from you guys. We are missing that physicality in the trenches. And it's crazy that we're talking about that because as we all know, Sean McDermott prides himself on building a physical team. He drafts guys based on their physicality. And yet that is exactly what this Buffalo Bills team is missing. Corbin and I have talked about it quite a few times, which is the Bills do not have an identity. They wanted their identity to be a difficult team to play, a physical and aggressive team but they do not have the player personnel to do so. They don't have physical offensive linemen that can do that. And then when we look at the defensive line, they have a lot of undersized players. How many undersized players do you need? I spoke to our other brother, Kevin, last night, and that is exactly what he said. We have too many undersized defensive linemen there that are not capable of disrupting another team's run game. Those things are the reasons why we cannot win. And you bring it up, Kyle, that we need to throw all the time and that we need to abandon the run game. But the challenge with that is exactly what Corbin said is you're asking Josh Allen to get hurt. That is what you are doing if you go down that route. And I completely agree that when we are in the red zone, we should never be running the ball, ever. When we look at last night's game, I saw a play where I think it was second and nine or was first and ten, and we're running the ball for a yard. That is a waste of a play. That is a play that could have been used to actually get into the end zone. And Corbin's nodding his head because he knows it. We need to get into the end zone. And the only way you're doing that right now is by Josh Allen's arm or Josh Allen's legs. It's the unfortunate part of this team. We have become one-dimensional. We have a two-dimensional quarterback, but we have a one-dimensional offense. And that, to me, is probably the biggest issue. I don't think our defense is an issue. Yes, New England successfully ran the ball against us. But the fact of the matter is we only gave up 14 points. If you told me that the bills gave up 14 points to new England, I would say, wow, we must have destroyed them. We must have won huge. Well, guess what? We didn't. We lost 14 to 10 because our offense failed to establish anything at all. We're talking about establishing a run, establishing a pass. We can't establish anything right now. And it starts with the offensive line and it ends with Josh Allen and the running backs. But I think where we need to place some focus here, I want us to take a moment to talk about the coaching and the management because we have spent a lot of this season talking about the players. And in the off season, I'm sure we're going to spend a lot of time on management, but I want to take a few moments here to talk about our management because I have big concerns I think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott came in and did some great things. I think that they turned around a losing program. I think they cleared out guys who were being paid too much money. And I think they started drafting guys who just want to play football and win. And I think all of that is wonderful. And that is how you get a team to ascend. The problem is how do you get a team to stay At the top, we were pretty much at the top last year. So how do we maintain that? And when we look around the league, when we look at the most successful franchises, I hate to say it, but the New England Patriots, as we know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, a lot of these organizations that have had sustained success is from constantly improving, never being content. When I look at what Brandon Bean particularly did, In this offseason, it tells me that he was content with what we had. All he wanted to do was maintain the players we had. Don't lose guys to free agency. Sign them for contracts. That is not how you continue to win and improve. The way you continue to win and improve is say, what did we do last season? How can we get even better than that? And I don't think we did that. I think we said, how can we salvage the guys we have from last year so we can hopefully be just as good this year? You don't see the New England Patriots doing that. When they win a Super Bowl, they change tons of their players. They bring in new running backs. They bring in new receivers. They change up their offensive line. Let's look at Kansas City Chiefs. They completely blew up their offensive line from last season. They had a really good team last year and look at what they did and now look where they are. And now look where the bills are. So Corbin as a professional, you had quite a few years of experience. What do the bills do in this next off season? What is it? Do we now do what I'm suggesting? Do we start to make some big significant changes? Is that what we missed out on in the off season? Is that, how you feel as well.
2: Well, Jake, what we need to look at first, and which I, which I believe every, every general manager should, should look at, what are your weak points? And we've talked about that already. Our weak points are at both guard positions. We need to draft an office of guard as unsexy of a pick that as that may be, but we need to draft one and possibly draft a right tackle or, or a left tackle in the second round. Because the key to improving your team is competition. Because there are times in the league, I have to be honest with you, some guys can get complacent, right? They'll be like, yeah, I've been starting here five, six years. Like nobody's going to take my spot because I've been been producing. But what what they don't realize is that every year they're getting older. And as you get older, you get slower, and and you have to do other things to keep your body going. So the Bills need to go out and build some competitive depth. One offensive line, two running back, three I would say corner, and then the, the defensive line. I mean, we've we have so much money invested in that in the defensive line, it's really going to be hard to even add that there. We have we just drafted a first round pick. Um, Jer, Jerry, honestly, to me, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. He plays his heart out out there, and he's been pretty much been playing the same way since I played with him. We got Starla Tulele who's playing, you know, he's making a lot of money, but he's just kind of holding blockers in there. I mean, we could probably use a three technique, but I mean, are we going to be able to go out and, and get, a, get a guy for three years, $50 million? Uh, probably not. We, we, don't, we don't have the cap space. And the reason why we don't have the cap space is because we just, played, we just paid our quarterback. And when you pay your quarterback, you become cap strapped. And when you look at other teams that have done the same, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have really gotten have gotten a lot worse over the years because Roethlisberger is making forty million dollars. And you look at Aaron Rodgers and, and their their defense is so so called playing well because they have number twelve back there. But as we saw a couple of weeks ago when he was out with with COVID, they are a nothing team without him. They have no one, and they're going to be a nothing team next year. But let me get back on focus here. The Bills have to go into the draft and identify the needs that I just addressed. And they have to go out in free agency and not find the top tier guys. Do what we did a couple of years ago when Brandon Bean and and Sean McDermott came in. Let's get some really good mid-level guys and put them in there and create some competitive debt. That's exactly what the, the Patriots did. They didn't go out and get like, the 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 biggest signings, I mean Matt Judon, okay, let's he's an outlier, but they got Davin Avangotch. Who is who is that guy? You know, but they, but he's in there. He is, he is plugging it up. They got they got Kyle Van Noy back in there. They got guys that know how to play in their system. So we have to just look at those things and continue to add competitive depth so, depth so guys don't get complacent when it's time to when it's time to compete in the summertime.
1: It's a tricky time. I think that when we look at this Bill's roster up and down, there are so many holes and some of them are holes we knew existed. Some of them are holes we did not expect. I mean, I didn't expect Josh Allen to look the way he has. I knew that there was a legitimate possibility that he was not going to be another MVP caliber player like he was last season But I didn't think he'd look so lost. And again, a lot of it does not fall on him. A lot of it is the offensive line's inability to protect. It's a big problem. We have said it from early on in this season, Corbin, that if we cannot protect Josh Allen, he is not going to be that same player that he was last season. And we have seen it unfold in quite a short period of time. I think that our offense has pretty much gotten worse As the season's gone on, I think teams have figured us out. I think it's gotten a lot easier to play against us. It definitely hasn't become more difficult. I want to cover one player specifically, and I know Kyle's going to be feasting on this one, but Tremaine Edmonds looks awful. I got to say it. I love to give respect to players. I know sometimes players will check our show out. I don't mean any disrespect But boy, oh boy, he made some really awful plays last night. And to me, they would have been standard textbook plays like fill your gap kind of plays where you just got to be where you need to be and make a tackle, and he just couldn't do it. And I've said this for a while that I had concerns about his football instincts. And man, I just don't know if they're existent anymore. And I don't know if it's a confidence issue I don't know if he's being asked to do too much or if he's simply just a bust. It may be that he is a bust. I know he's had some good moments, not so much this season, but in the previous few years. But this is his fourth season, and I have seen very, very little that I can hang my hat on where I can go. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds does that really well. He gets to the quarterback really well, or he drops back in coverage really well, or he picks up running backs really well, or he's a sure tackler. I haven't seen anything like that. Kyle, I'll give you an opportunity to go on here because I know you're going to have a lot to say about him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of had one, one thing, you know, separate from Tremaine that I wanted to touch upon, but Tremaine's sort of, you know, is related is that, you know, as bad as Tremaine played yesterday and as sort of confused and, um, you know, sometimes um, frustrating it is to watch somebody with that size, that speed, that athletic ability be so clueless sometimes what it looks like, um, you know, watching is he's not the reason why the Bills went one for four from the red zone. And he's not the reason why the Bills put up 11 points on offense when we're supposed to have one of the top offenses in the league. So one point I wanted to make is it's so easy to say the bills have so many holes and it's Tremaine and it's the depth, at corner, and it's our, you know, the other game, it was our special teams and it's our running plays and it's our tight end. Like it's so easy to pick apart every, every aspect of the bills when things aren't going well. Whereas last year, you know, all, all of these little things that were probably still there, you know, they were less obvious. And we've talked about this as well. Like it's so hard, even though we didn't think Tremaine was playing particularly well, you know, even earlier in the season, we have the top defense, the top ranked defense in the league. So as the middle linebacker and kind of the captain calling plays, even if, you know, looking at the game, watching the eye test, he doesn't look great. It's really hard to pick him apart he's part of such a good unit what what i wanted to touch on just just for a minute with regards to what i think was the biggest problem which is the off season i really think fundamentally the bills last year were not the team that mcdermott and bean envisioned mcdermott especially has always been a defensively minded coach they put basically um, you know, uh, unlimited amount of resources to the defensive line for, for sort of unknown reasons. No, no offense to Corbin, it's a super important position, but I think, you know, in the Bills' stance, they've sort of looked at having 10 average guys as opposed to a few studs, and I'm not sure I agree with it. But they, they ignored the fact that the reason why the Bills had so much success last year was because for the first time in, you know, the, the relative recent history of the Bills, the Bills were an offensive powerhouse. And every team that's won a Super Bowl, with the exception of maybe Chicago Bears, it was, it was um, Aaron Rodgers, um, Ben Roethlisberger. Like, of course, you need a good defense, but it was finally the Bills were relevant because we had a real offense. And what did they do in the offseason? They said, like you said, Jake, they they, they, stood on their, they stood on their ground. They said, we're happy with where the offense is. We're just going to keep betting on the defense and the defense didn't need that much help. And you could argue that their first two round picks Russo and, and Basham haven't made much of a difference. You know, Russo has been okay. He's had a few moments, especially earlier in the season, but he hasn't been a game changer. And I just worry that the reason why Bean was so great at developing and building the roster was that he said, I'm going to go with the best player available. And that works when you have a sinking ship with 10 holes, the way he picked up the bills organization and tried to just surround the team with competitive guys. Like Corbin said, make guys compete, bring guys in compete for positions. But now you had a really good team. You had an offense that was top in the league. You had a good defense and you didn't address the number one thing we were missing last year, which was a really good running game. And my, my point is, is that we could focus on Tremaine and we could focus on the D but I, I just can't help but feel that if we just put in a little bit more resources into establishing the run game in the off season not now because it's too late you might fix all of those problems because how can we complain about a defense that up till last night was still basically ranked one in the league and you know an offense which is, is really having struggling, protecting the QB and establishing the run game. So the same way, the Toronto Raptors for all you Toronto fans out there, they were ready to blow up the whole team only a couple years before they won a championship. And then all of a sudden one big trade and, and they win the championship. I, I just feel like, although we're so down and we feel like the whole team is, has holes and everything is wrong with the team. I really think there isn't that much wrong. And we're not that different than we were last year. We're just missing a couple pieces. And I think Bean really missed the mark in the offseason. And I think McDermott um, and and Dayball also have just missed the mark this year.
2: Kyle, I I totally agree with with what you're saying. I mean, you are spot on. And to add a little bit more context for, for the listeners out there, what's going on with the Bills' defense? Is they are not playing, they're not playing technique sound football, right? You see the big run through the lane, the sweep that that Harris took to the end zone. I saw I saw a lot of technique errors from our defensive line and from our and from the back end that um, that caused that play to go deep. So what you see is is AJ Epinesa running straight up the field, like they always do. Like I, I even tweeted last night, if you follow me on Twitter. That the guys are getting are running up the field. They're getting trapped. They're running up the field. They're getting sealed off, and that creates lanes for runners. I'm talking about large lanes. And what guys like Epinesa and and Ed Oliver need to do when they see guys pulling and running around, they need to look to their next target and play with their hands and push out. We have to stop running up the field on run plays. You, a, a, a wise coach once told me, you never get a sack on a running play. So what's the point of running up the field? The only reason you should be running up the field is if you got a clear shot to make the tackle. If you are running up the field and a tackle or a guard are riding you up on your shoulder, you're not gonna make the play. This is the NFL. This is the NFL. If, if the guard pulls, play the tight end and push him out. Don't. We have to stop that. And I hope these guys are listening and, and I hope that the coaches are telling them this because running up the field is not the answer to stopping the run. And we're, and we're getting exposed out there in the run game. So Kyle, yes, I agree. It is, it is not all Edmonds. Everybody out there was missing tackles last night for what I could see, but we've got to be, we've got to play technically sound a, a, a lot better quickly.
1: Definitely. There's look, I may have singled out Tremaine Edmonds, but There's no question that there are many, many other players that made huge mistakes in last night's game and a bunch of other games this season. And it's the reason we are not in first place. There is a reason that we are going to be scraping and clawing and scratching just to get to the playoffs. Maybe we will make the playoffs, but it probably won't be clean. I said this last week. That this Patriots game was a critical game, that I believe it was the season defining game, and that I personally did not think the Bills would make the playoffs if they lost that game, but that they would go on to win the division and et cetera if they won the game. Now, of course, they didn't win the game. So you know where I stand. I do not believe that the Bills will go to the playoffs this year. However, if they do, And I hope that they do. I will pray every day for that. But realistically, what needs to happen is they got to turn everything around. Everything has to change now, right now. Everything has to change. And Corbin will know this right after a game like this. You're going back to the room. You're going and you're not burning this tape. They might say they're burning this tape. They are not burning this tape. They are going to review this game and review it till they can tell you the game without watching till Tremaine knows where he should have been without even looking at the clip till Josh knows where he's throwing with his eyes closed. So yes, they are going to move forward and yes, they are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We cannot forget that they just lost the New England Patriots. It's a terrible loss, but we do have to try to move forward and prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Buffalo Bills, please. Prove me wrong. Go and change. Be a new team against the Buccaneers. If you want a chance to say, hey, we just made the biggest mistake of our lives. We just played the worst game that we have ever played. Corbin just saw the worst game he has ever seen. And we're going to turn it around after this. And maybe it could happen. Maybe. Just maybe. What I want to talk about is this upcoming game. We're taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they haven't been perfect all season. Although I want to say we're going to get pummeled every, every moment that goes by. It's funny last night. I'm thinking we don't have a chance against the Buccaneers, but this is part of being a Buffalo bills fan. Every moment that goes by, I have a little more faith and I now believe that we can compete with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they don't have a very good defense. And Tom Brady has looked really good this season, but he's had a couple games where he hasn't been quite the same. Maybe, maybe the bills can show up against them. Corbin, what are the keys to this game? Is there anything we can do or is this just a lost cause? Am I being crazy?
2: I'm I'm sorry. Our fellow Bills fans out there, you don't have a chance in this game. I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, there's a reason why we need to win last night's game because we know we're not going to win. We're not going to beat the Buccaneers. They're too strong in places where we are weak, where we can offer some line. And who do the Buccaneers have on the defensive line? Hmm, A guy named Vita Vea, Jason Pierre Paul, and Dominican Sue, Shaq Berry. I mean, they have guys on guys on guys. I mean, they got dudes that can come after the quarterback. And we're, we've played teams previously don't, that don't have anywhere near as much firepower as the Bucks have. So good luck blocking that. Good luck to the offensive line blocking that. The the place where the Buccaneers are the weakest is in the secondary. But if Josh doesn't have time to throw, how how are we going to complete deep passes? How are we going to how, how are we going to do anything in the passing game? Because I know that. And like I said, the running game is a lost cause. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm done with it. The running game is a lost cause. We're not going to be able to do that. So we're going to we're gonna have to try to gain some yardage on mid-level plays, five-yard passes, 10-yard passes, because I, I don't see Josh being able to stand in the pocket long enough against those guys with our offensive line to be able to get a pass deep to dig. Maybe, maybe if a miracle, a Christmas miracle, Comes down from 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 the heavens. Maybe we can we can protect pr- protect Josh Allen against that line, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, d- dare I say it? I mean, it's more like it's like blasphemy coming out of my mouth. But Tom Brady is over there, the goat, the man that seems to have never aged, the man that looks younger right now than he did when he got drafted. The man is, is playing out of his mind. He has great receivers. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. The offensive line is fantastic. Everybody on their offensive line is a stud. I, I especially like Jensen the center. The guy plays his butt off. If you want to watch some offensive line play, watch Jensen play out there. He plays his tail off. And let's not even mention Leonard Fournette, a guy that has been playing so much better. He's playing better than he, even than he did last year. So I mean are the the Tampa Bay Bucks are, are they going to line up and play and practice 9 on 7 against us or run in, or like we call it in college an interior drill against us? No, they, they're not going to do that. They're not even going to bother to watch the Patriots take. Why? Because there's nothing you can get from from watching a team that ran the ball 35 40 times. There's nothing you can get from that. But the Patriots, the the the, the Bucks they're going to they're going to play their game and, and, and It's going to be tough, and especially, and this is going to be the first test for Dane Jackson um, out there on the island. Hopefully, not by itself. Hopefully, we can get some coverage rolled over there if we can somehow stop the run. But who, if we can't stop the run, I I mean, we are doomed. And what I saw last night, our defense defense plays tough. I'll I'll give them that. We play in ebbs and flows, We we, we pick up the intensity. And then the intensity goes down, way down. And then we pick it up a little bit, then it stays down very, very long. So we, we have to find a way. Or somebody, the, the leadership, what is the leader on that defense, poor or high, needs to get in somebody's face and say, hey, we need to get going. Every time you go out there, you only got 10 to 13 drives a game. That's all you got. You got 10 to 13 tries to go out here and make something happen. So if, if, we were, if we were to do anything, we're going to need a, a standout defensive performance. We're going to need a big play on special teams. And we're going to just have to pray that our offense can, can score with, with, with those big defensive linemen bearing down on Josh. But I, I, I mean, I, I like to be optimistic for the Bills, but I, I don't see
1: it. So Kyle, I got a question for you here. We look at, this past game and it's obviously a nightmare but in my opinion there is one silver lining from the game against the Patriots and maybe this is the player that can make a difference in this upcoming game I mean I have my doubts but I think it's worth a conversation I know what
0: you're gonna I know what you're gonna say Gabriel Davis I knew it because I was I was sitting with 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 Jake watching the game last night, and he had mentioned to uh, to the Boston Globe guy Chris that you know Gabe Davis is the key to the game. This was on on the Boston uh, the the Patriots podcast, and um, I mean I don't disagree. I think he's the perfect he's the perfect target in the red zone. I think again, uh, like I guess what I was gonna say is. I'm, I'm worried about the Bills having a bounce back game against, against the Bucs because we, we should have had a bounce back game after we got beat by Jacksonville, after we got smoked by the Colts. like It just seems like any of those games where I, I look back to last season, it was the Arizona game and the Hail Mary pass that I think actually led the Bills to make it so deep in the playoffs because it really lit a fire under us. But this year... I I don't think any of these few games that should have lit a fire, they just haven't. And that's why I don't think this team just has that same edge that we had last year. And I'm not optimistic, but I, I like where your head's at. And I think we need to try to use guys that we haven't really used. I mean, is it Anthony Williams who's on the practice squad? Like at this point, like, I would, I would, you know, try something else, try something different, um, try a different look because, you know, and I've heard you guys say it many times, it's a copycat league. Somehow these other defenses have just figured out how to stop our offense from last year. And so if they figured out to stop it and we can't make any major personnel changes, like we want to establish the running game um, this season, I just think we need to do something different. We don't have anything to lose. I think if we just keep doing the exact same thing over and over again, which clearly isn't working, is not going to work. I mean, putting in Gabe Davis, um, putting in Anthony Williams, putting in a sixth offensive lineman or putting Knox to, to, you know, or putting in Moss and not handing him the ball ever, just getting him to try and block and give Allen a couple more seconds. Like do do anything except – except the same as what we've done last game. Like, I just think we really need to shake it up, and maybe we surprise the Bucs. Maybe we surprise a couple teams. And, I mean, Kansas City looked like they were done, you know, four or five weeks ago. We were talking about them not even being able to make the playoffs, and now they're sitting 8-4, and and the Bills are on the outside looking in. So I think we just need to shake things up because we have nothing else to lose.
1: Bringing a guy like Antonio Williams off the practice squad could be that change. Maybe we just need a little new fuel to try to pump this tank and push this vehicle down the road. I I feel like that's maybe where we've landed. Obviously, we didn't expect to be in this position, but we are in that sort of desperation mode where we just need to find anything that will work. I want to end the episode on one last note. And then, of course, Corbin will get his last thing in as well. And that's Josh Allen's demeanor. It's not the same guy we saw last year, not just statistically, not just in the W column. I'm talking about his attitude, the way he looks on that field, the way he instills confidence or lack thereof in the team right now. And I understand that the team around him is not playing well. I understand that the offensive line is not giving him the time that he needs. But I also understand that he has a job to do. And part of that job is leading this team and making this team feel as though they can overcome anything. And I don't think he is doing that. When I see him on the field, when he doesn't make the play he needs to, I don't see him being emotional at all. I don't see him pumping his fist in, in, in anger I don't see any frustration on him. And I'm not saying he doesn't care, but he certainly isn't showing it the way he did last season. When he was throwing bad picks last season, you knew it. You could see it on his face. You could see it by his body language. I don't see that this year. And maybe a part of him is like giving up a little bit because the season's getting so out of hand. I just don't think he's the same guy he was last year. And I'm hopeful the next season, I, you know, I'm already, my mind is already racing to next season. Maybe he takes that step forward to what he was prior. But this season, he just doesn't look like the same guy through and through.
2: I, I, I want to ask you a, a question. How would you feel if you were out there in, in, in France or something, and they put you in a ring full of bulls, and they started start running at you? How would you feel? That's how Josh Allen feels in the pocket. He doesn't feel protected. There's no, there, there's no one on that line that can protect him. Last year, he wasn't getting put on the ground nowhere, nowhere near as much. But when you don't feel protected, I mean, I mean, you, you lose confidence. That's why, uh, and I hate to keep saying Brady, but that's why when Brady went to Tampa, he got his pick of the litter. I want this offensive lineman. I want that guy. I want this guy because I don't want to get hit. I'm 45 years old, and I don't want to get hit. Same thing with, with all the good quarterbacks. They, they, they want to feel protected so they can stay in that pocket, and so, they, and so they don't get hit, and that will give them more confidence. I think Josh Allen has confidence. Yes, when he's running around out there and he's you know, pointing first down, and he, he has it at the intensity there, but when you're constantly getting hit and you're constantly getting blitzed and, and you're making runs and you're tired, That's making it tough on them, man. And this, I will say this, this is the last thing I'll say, this season is wearing them down.
1: We have definitely seen that, and it makes perfect sense. It's unfortunate. We didn't think we'd be here right now talking about, you know, Josh Allen not being the same guy, Josh Allen being worn out, our defense with tons of holes, our receivers dropping passes, our running backs not producing. Actually, no. (laughs) That we expected. We knew we had no running game coming into this season. So I'm not about to say that we didn't. Everyone knew it. Maybe Brandon Bean didn't realize how bad it was, but we knew there were issues. So I want to close this out by saying thank you to Corbin for sticking around for this long episode, for being that diehard Bills fan that he is, for Kyle, for jumping in on this call, for being a part of a... Tough, tough episode, a really large pill for us to swallow losing to the New England Patriots. But I just want to say to everyone listening to this show believe me, there will be a time that the Buffalo Bills are amazing. And it might not be this season, it might not be next season. I don't know, but there will be a time. And believe me, it's going to be sweet, it's going to be amazing. Let's get ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and some better weather. Go Bills!